0: Hey there, podcast listeners. Just a heads up that this bonus episode of The Well
1: contains some strong language. Before I went through this period of trying every single recipe, I mean, I mean like egg whites and things like that Mm. in in these these old, old recipes. Before I had done all that, I was pretty um, slutty with my martinis. I would drink all kinds of different martinis. Since doing the show... I've been pretty sort of straight and um, fastballs over the plate, please. Just like really, really orthodox. And it's not, I don't, I honestly don't look down my noses. (laughs) (laughs) We have not had a martini yet. It's important to (laughs) take. I'm such a snob. I have more than one nose to look down. (laughs) I don't look down my nose. At those lower creatures that don't drink straight-up martinis. <laughs> um, I think, you know, let let a thousand flowers bloom. Let there be many kinds of martinis. It just occurred to me, I, th- I think we're
0: doing the most uh, elitist yes. thing we possibly could right now. We're doing a podcast where we're interviewing our theater friend about not just martinis, but the proper Martini. Well, but there's also. Well, I'm disgusted by it, by the way. But y'all go ahead.
1: <laughs> well, I think we all are. <laughs>
0: Welcome to the Well, your podcast about creativity and inspiration. I am Brandon Edgens. and I'm Anson Mount. And where are we right now, Anson? We're in my dressing room at Playwrights Horizons in New York City. How's it going? It's going well. You just saw the matinee. I guess I could answer that question too. I saw <laughs> it. It went really well. I really liked it, man. Thank you. I appreciate that. This is this is, it was a, it was really a lot of fun. Everyone, if you're in the New York area, the well, wait, we should tell them the title. <laughs> oh, yeah. Come, come see a play in New York. See all of them until you find the one that has Anson in it. No, no, go ahead. It's called Mankind. Mankind by? Robert O'Hara. It's very, very good. Just always be playing for another? Um, well, uh, through January, possibly extending into February. We'll see. All right, cool. Uh, everyone seemed to enjoy that last episode of us getting smashed. So Yeah, they really enjoyed it. That's, that's one of our most successful episodes. <laughs> but, wait, wait, which, which begs the question. <laughs> should we just why don't continue? we just do that every yeah, time? Just, just getting messed up. It just like the, the martini episode, <laughs> the whiskey episode, the beer episode, the wine episode, the pink squashed pussycat episode. <laughs> I just graduate to more and more ridiculous drinks every single time. And just people listen to us get wasted. This is dry January for you. you it good. is, yeah. You so get, I'm stone cold sober. Stone, how does that feel? It actually feels really good. Uh (laughs) Every time I do it, I'm like, wow, why don't I do this all the time? Which leads me to the next question. Why are you going to start drinking again? (laughs) Usually it happens, it it has to do with you. (laughs) Okay. Blame (laughs) me. Or my February birthday. Oh, okay. And my love of, I'm sorry, I love wine and I love whiskey. And, uh, you know, then I just go down the rabbit hole yeah that's how I got, that's how it starts right we just like the taste yeah yeah, yeah. And that's where it starts i can't make it through dry january because my wife's birthday is january 26 so it always stops no yeah right there yeah i can't go any further so i'm not going to bother trying
1: <laughs> you're just going gonna to gonna hang trying. in
0: there you're going to keep killing off those slow those slow, slow brain cells the slow brain cells which is which is coincidentally the story that we're going to have leon tell because we excised that from the main episode we will have leon explain his theory about drunkenness And if we have time, maybe I'll explain my theory about drunkenness, which is not a theory. It is scientific fact. That's what I say. If you want to be one of the
1: gang, you've got to act like one of the gang. You don't want people to think you're a square, do you? Do you mean to say you think you have to drink? I don't drink, and I get along all right with the gang. If you think about a herd of animals, say a a herd of antelope... Do antelopes unherd? I don't even know okay there's a herd of antelopes and if you look at how fast that herd of antelopes can move across the savanna, it has an average speed it has a mean velocity and you can measure that mean velocity now if you introduce to that environment a predator so you let a couple cheetahs out on the Savannah the cheetahs are going to pick off antelopes at the back of the herd they're going to pick off the slower ones they're going to pick off the injured ones the sick ones the result of the existence of the predator is that the average speed of the herd is going to go up not because the fast antelope are moving any faster but because you've eliminated some of the slow ones so your average goes up When you drink alcohol, it destroys brain cells. Oh, now you do But it me. goes after the saw and the injured ones. <laughs> and it's picking off the slow ones in the herd. And the average speed of your brain just goes way up.
0: <laughs> oh, I see.
1: So and this is why we're geniuses when we're drunk. Because we're just killing off the, the laggards. The lame, <laughs> the
0: lame. The lame neurons that can't keep up. That's right.
1: That's right. The... the, the the iron guillotine of alcohol comes down on their slow ass necks. This,
0: this, is our, this is our this is our environmental pressure. This is the that's predator. Right. That is, is right. To let loose amongst the neurons.
1: The and, silver bullet. I
0: mean, <laughs> the neuronal Serengeti. That's our right. Mind, we should pitch right. it to Discovery.
1: this <laughs> 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 right. should be a little bit milky when it comes out. Now, Plymouth Dry Gin, which I almost brought a bottle of, is a, is a very, very interesting gin um, for a number of reasons. Because gin is uh, a British drink. And the gin that we use in martini making is usually the British Dry gin. Um, Bombay Sapphire, of course, is interesting because it evokes all kinds of imperialist past. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, Gordon's a little bit less, but a little bit. Um, Plymouth is a gin that is distilled in a distillery that, when the um, Pilgrims, I was about to say, it sounds American. Yeah, when they when they left in the Mayflower, they hit a. I think they hit a storm their first night out, and they turned back. And they made landfall near this distillery and they spent a night in this distillery and then took off the next morning for the New World. And so later then this distillery, to capitalize on this, created a gin called Plymouth Gin. <laughs> All right. And it's a very, very good gin. Um, I used to, it, it's expensive, um, but I used to call it, and I still do call it, It's my Thanksgiving gin. Mm. Because, of course, all of those cheesy tie-ins. But also, it has a lower alcohol content than a lot of gins. And so, if I have it for my Thanksgiving gin, I can start drinking it earlier in the day. (laughs) (laughs)
0: All right. So, now we're on to martini number two.
1: didn't do what I said before. I didn't prep the garnish first. But.
0: So one, one thing I did want to get you to do for this episode, whether we use it as a supplemental later or we, we use it in the episode, uh, it, it may very well fit, is I'd love you to get to uh, please tell the
1: story of uh, having to ask for your wife's hand in marriage. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> so um, Akiko... Um, My partner, colleague, and and wife um, Akiko Aizawa is uh, from a very remote part of Japan in Akita Prefecture up uh, in the northern part of Honshu, just right near Hokkaido uh, the northern island. And she uh, when she was a young woman moved down to Tokyo um, in defiance of her parents' wishes that she would take on the the family insurance business, and when she became a, an actor, uh, performer in a theater company, they, they pretty much disowned her. Not, not officially, nothing on paper, but, but they, they were uh, not communicating very well. She maintained some communication with her mother, but, but her father, not so much. And then uh, this went on for a number of years. After we had um, gotten gotten involved, her father got quite sick at one point, and Akio went back home and stayed in the hospital and took care of him. And this led to them essentially reconnecting, and, and they had a relationship again. And Akio and I had a conversation because when back when they were completely estranged the question of asking for their blessing was not on the table that, that didn't wasn't a factor but now that they had this connection we thought well maybe we should and so Akiko uh communicated to them that that we were going to come up and that we needed to talk to them and and, and i don't think it was ambiguous about what this was going to be now what she said to me was everything's fine I'm going to go up a couple of days before you you know and then and then you'll come up a couple of days afterwards what she didn't say to me was he said don't bring him I don't care if you come but do not bring him uh, up here I don't want to see him wow. and but but also the you have to, the other thing she didn't tell you is what that he- yes and that that um, when her sister uh, had brought uh, her her now brother-in-law up to ask the same question. Uh, her, her father had chased him out of the house and chased him around the block kind of thing. And she, Akiko conveniently didn't mention this to me either. And so I'm literally on the train on the way up um, and I'm I called her to check in and she was like, yeah, everything's fine, everything's fine. <laughs> and he's literally yelling at her I didn't hear it, but he's little, like, do not bring him. Like, (laughs) I don't want to see him. I don't want to see him. I don't want to see him. And I never heard any of that and then showed up at the house, came through the door and met her father and we were fine. Mm -hmm. And Akio had gambled Mm -hmm. on the fact that whatever he was saying, that when we actually met, it would be okay. Mm And that it would particularly be okay if I had no reason to be suspicious, mm. and she was right.
0: Right. What, what, what would have happened if you had been on the train and you?
1: If he had told me, I would have been freaked out. Like yeah. I, I would have tried to talk Akio out of it. I said, "This is, seems like a bad idea. I don't think we should do this." But did, wasn't it? Didn't you connect first on movies? And then, well, when we started to talk, um, his favorite movie was *The Great Escape*. You know, with. Um, What's his name? Steve, Steve McQueen. Steve McQueen, which is like, come on. <laughs> like not only do I, I love that movie. I think, I mean, it's a wonderful old world war two movie, but it was also like my dad's favorite movie. you know? mm-hmm. And, and I, and we talked about that and other movies and, and we just sort of hit it off. The interesting thing though, was that he, that part of the country speaks with a very, very thick dialect. And the Japanese there is very difficult for, um, people like me who speak standard japanese to understand and there's a lot of really funny stories about the couple of times that he went down to the big city and nobody could understand what he was saying but when we got into the actual formal conversation and talking to each other but you have to paint the picture of of like taking you into the yeah we we so we said okay well you know after we had been there for a couple of days and then we said well there is something we need to talk to you about formally so we went into the, the the formal room um where there's the god shelf of the the grandfather in the background and and you're on the tatami mats and her father and i knelt facing each other and um her akiko's mother was behind her father and akiko was behind me and we start This conversation. And for the most part, I'm I've never worked so hard to understand what somebody was saying in my life. Mm -hmm. I could barely understand him. Um I mean, you know, and when you're having a casual conversation, um, you know, it's much easier because you can gloss over things and be kind of vague and just sort of go with, yeah, we agree, we like the same movies, you know. Mm -hmm. But when you're actually trying to make sure that you're being understood it's difficult and he was tr- he was working really hard and I was working really hard and at a certain point um when we when we asked him uh, would it, we were thinking about getting married and and we wanted to to ask if you would be okay with that and he said a remarkable thing he said it's not my place to say yes or no to that this is up to the two of you you're both adults I don't have anything to say. When I, when I tell her, um, Akiko's sister this, her jaw drops, of course. Like, <laughs> why did I have such a hard time <laughs> if he was going to be so understanding? Um, why? But, but he said, I have, one, uh, I have one reason to hesitate. And he said, I am old enough to remember a time when your country and my country were at war, when we were enemies and he said because i can remember it it is impossible for me to think that it can't happen again mm. and he said if that were to happen your lives would be very difficult and i don't wish that for either of you
0: <laughs> wow <laughs>
1: that was it was amazing <laughs> yeah and and he and then he said something that was to the effect of but aside from... From that misgiving, I'm fine. And I had to actually say, Excuse me. And I turned around to Akio and I said, He's saying it's okay. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I had to check. <laughs> and her mother is crying and she's crying and, and everyone's getting very emotional and it's very, like, very, very tense and very wrought. But to, to show you what, what kind of person Akio is, after the sort of crest of emotions had happened um her her father said well you know is there anything else we need to take care of and Akio whipped around and she had all the paperwork laid out and she's like sign here 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 and here and then initial here here here." and she like snapped into action not a hint of emotion complete bureaucratic competence and just yeah
0: no, right, but that the sentiment of oh, "I wish that for neither of you" is a very, very. It's, it's a completely different sentiment than "I don't like you" and "I, I, just, yeah. I have a prejudice." That's a different thing. Also it it seems like it must have completely. That must be the last
1: thing you were expecting him to say. Well, and the thing is, like at that time, at the time that he said that, I did not know that he had been telling her not to bring me up there. Mm-hmm. It was it was on the way back that she told me this. Mm. And so in, in hearing about that and thinking about it over the years, what I think happened, I think the root of his misgivings about me coming up there, and she, she has since said he was embarrassed, he would be embarrassed to have me in terms of the neighbors, that he wouldn't want to be thought of as, as um, related to, to a foreigner, and I think part of it is, is that, and part of it was personal, too, that he was uncomfortable with an American. And I do think that's rooted in enmity and the war. And you don't go through something. I mean, we, we don't know what that's like, no. you know, frankly. And I think he, in establishing that bond that we had... To the degree that we had it I think he worked through some things and I think he had to process the fact that this is not my enemy this is another human being this is a person who loves my daughter etc 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 and not to say that I you know well, I saved his soul not, not that at all but I think it gave him an occasion on which to meditate on his own xenophobia. And it's also, to me, it it goes to Akiko's kind of faith in his humanity Mm -hmm. of sort of like refusing to reduce him to just that. Mm -hmm. And to say, given the opportunity, in the abstract, he's going to be like this. But when it gets right down to it, when it gets to an actual person in the room, she was like betting on the fact that it would change him.
0: I, th- I think it, it reminds me of that uh, the, Mark, the Mark Twain quote: "You know, uh, travel is prejudice. Uh, sorry, to travel is fatal to all forms of prejudice." Mm. Yeah, uh, and for it's for that reason, like you, you can be, you can hate an abstraction, you can, but yeah. when you're in the room with one, it's a lot harder to justify all that stuff to yourself because it's the human level of experience. And-
1: but that's, you know, I, I think about that in terms of of our country, mm-hmm. you know that people you know the the whole thing of islamophobia mm-hmm. and how how virulent that can be and you know it's it's strong in places that don't have any experience of the actual other
0: mm-hmm. yeah
1: you know and that if if you don't have a m- muslim community around you it's very apparently easy to believe that some town in missouri has adopted sharia law mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and that there's some kind of conspiracy
0: yeah you got nothing to measure it against you've got no person you got no personal connection to it or the, the 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 simplest one the one that we seem to live through every single day is somebody hates or, or disapproves or hate whatever you know uh gay people oh wait my son or nephew was one. Okay, yeah. wait a minute, this is different. Right? <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> but you know, like
1: that. That and then there was so much of that around the, you know, the the, the marriage equality mm-hmm. debate, and you had all of these Republicans who were saying some version of that.
0: Oh, I didn't know it shouldn't matter, but yeah, that, exactly. It, it
1: shouldn't I matter. I mean, if you if you transfer it to something else, like, well, you know, I didn't didn't used to think murder was a big deal. But then my wife's sister got murdered, and I yes. know how hard that can be, and now I think murder is wrong. <laughs> like, dude, it's called an imagination, and you might want to exercise e- e- empathy.
0: it. Yeah. E- empathy. Yeah. Hey, sweetheart. He and- you said, you can come on, you can come in. <laughs> yeah. We're just having martinis. We're just having martinis. Yeah. I, I thought you'd, you'd be in, like, Texas and Oh. Yeah, why didn't we do that? Should we um, move on to this third? Move to the third. Third
1: martini? Yeah. Yeah.
0: You may remember from the last episode, martini number three was around the time we started to lose it. And it's where I started talking about Stanley Kubrick. So here I am, again, talking about Kubrick's full metal jacket. And a scene Kubrick is having Adam Baldwin do take after take over okay. and over, and over again, and and so and, and it was kind of an understood thing like don't badmouth the director, you know, in front of everybody. Everyone understood that except Adam Baldwin, sort of under his breath, but loud enough that other other people, other people can hear it. Goes, yeah, what the fuck does he want? <laughs> and Stanley leans up front of the camera and goes, better acting. <laughs> <laughs> but that is a signal nope. distrust. That's not the same note as you suck fuck you fucked up. That's, That's just right. like
1: Cause, cause there's a thing okay, and and it's something that I've I picked up from Suzuki and I use it in class sometimes, which is Suzuki used to say to us like and he and he would do it like angrily mm. but he would yell at us, just do it properly. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and, and there's times when in class when, you know, we'll do, we'll do an exercise, we'll do something, and then I'll say, and, 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 and I do, I, I've kind of approached this sort of, sort of experimentally with, with kind of like this sort of scientific mindset of like, okay, let's do that again, but do it better. Mm. And then you do it again. And it is palpably better. And then you go like, wait, why was that? Mm. Why did you need somebody to say do it better? Like do, what- it, do it properly? Yeah.
0: So is there a proper martini?
1: Well, that's the thing. It's like <laughs> no, that's that's the question. That's the question. It's like it's like if if you do something and then someone says do it again, but now do it properly, and you do it again and you do it better, then what were you doing the first time? Right, right. You know
0: how was that how was that improper how was
1: that improper and were you not like what is that and that's a really interesting thing to me do we not naturally do our best and it's interesting because and i think that's what Wyler was saying to heston was you're gonna have to be better like i'm just telling you haven't you got anything to say
0: well boy everybody else put in his two cents how come you're holding out i'm not holding out I'm just listening. Well, come on, let us in on it. How do you feel about drinking? Well, now, that's a pretty hard question to answer. The Well is produced and edited by Anson Mount and myself, Brandon Edgins. Music by Jonathan Myberg and Brandon Edgins. Please visit us at our website, thewellpod.com. And if you like the show, it really helps us out if you subscribe and give us a review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. Please remember to drink responsibly. Have a great week.